0: in today's show we're looking back at all of the action from monday in the nba michael bolton thanks josh it's michael bolton here and it's time for another episode of the locked on fantasy basketball podcast let's get to it let's get to it indeed you are locked on fantasy basketball your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the locked on podcast network Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me on Friday to get in on the action. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. Let's talk some sports because we have got games in the NBA to talk about. Let's talk about them right now. First game up, we are looking at. If my screen updates, there it is, an absolutely massive scoring game. This is a regulation game where we had 190, 295 points scored. The Wizards beat the Pacers 154 to 141. There was no Brogdon, Turner, Warren, Bedadze, Lamb, Sampson for the Pacers, so Sabonis went off. 32, 19, and nine with three steals. Big, big games. His last two games have been absolutely gigantic. Karis Levert started at point guard, and he had 33-7-5 and five with two blocks. Nine of ten from the line is, is uh... a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. And it's good to get that, but the field shooting wasn't particularly good from Levert. Um, And then in the end, McConnell really put together some numbers. Uh, He was struggling early on um, and then ended up with 31 minutes, 15, 9, and 8 with two steals. So just sort of getting it done after being a little bit down of late. Now, O'Shea Brissett, a guy that had been getting 40 minutes a night, and I it kept straining my credulity to say, how does this keep happening? Why do they keep playing him so many minutes? Why is he playing that well? Well, for once, they didn't. 26 minutes, 10 points, two threes. Shot 29% from the field. He's been really good, but let's again put it in um, perspective. He's not that good, and he wasn't that guy that was as good as what he had been over the last period of time, where he's honestly been a top 50 player over the last two weeks. I, I find it hard to believe that he will maintain that level of play, especially when guys like Brogdon and Badadze and Lamb will return, and a lot of his value had come from being these really big block numbers playing at center, and I'm just not sure that's going to necessarily stick for him. But hold him for now. Sumner had another issue with his knee, which is unfortunate. Well, Dougie McDirt turned into Doug McDirt. Had 11 points with, uh, let's see, one rebound, zero assists, zero steals, and one block. The one block, wow, that's uh... a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Shave on fire here today. Um, yeah, McDermott is just a streamer. Um, Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday both dropped in 15 points in their bench minutes. Um, but again, they are not really super exciting options for long-term value. Now, let's talk Wizards. Russell Westbrook, one of the stupidest lines you'll ever see. 39 minutes, 14 points. He took eight shots and had a usage of 15, but had 21 rebounds and 24 assists. He had a steal and a block, and he also hit all four of his free throws and went 63% from the field. He's a top 10 player over the last two weeks. He was absolutely dreadful to begin this season, and I was pretty harsh on him. And then he came out and said, oh, I was actually playing through a torn quad. Uh, a, why? And B, why? Why, anyway, and that's why he was shit house. Now it wasn't. I wasn't just criticising some of you know, his, you know, the fact that he was injured. It was his, his decision making was off. Now some of that was that he didn't have the explosion to get to the rim, so he was settling for pull up jumpers, and I get that. But there also has to, is what my criticism was. There also has to be that mindset change of I can't get to the rim, so how about I do something different instead of taking a shot that is an inefficient shot for anybody in the league, let alone someone like me who's a terrible shooter. That was my criticism of Westbrook, but he's fixed that shit now, and it's awesome. He's unbelievably good. Uh, Rui Hachimura, 27 and... Actually, back to Westbrook. Scott Brooks, I know you talk a lot of shit, but he said that Westbrook's the second best point guard of all time. Calm down. Rui Hachimura, 27 and 7 in 31 minutes. A big game from Rui. Now, he's not a guy that does this all that often, but he will occasionally have these big performances. He's a nice points league guy. Well. we'll get to the centers in a second. Let's do that in a sec. Uh, Bielo had 26, five and six. Good game from Bradley Beal, but he is taking that step back. That's that's something I envisaged at the start of the season when Westbrook joined and it didn't happen to begin the year. But we are seeing a bit of a step back here from Bielo. I think um, Bertans is more of a streamer. He had 14 points with four threes, which is nice, but I wouldn't say that he's must roster. And let's talk centers because I have absolutely no idea. The last two games, Dan Gafford has played 20 plus minutes and done well. And in this one, Alex Lenz starts as he always does for God knows what reason, plays five minutes. He picks up two fouls, but he was actually playing well in that time. And then Robin Lopez comes in and plays 10 consecutive minutes and Gafford does not see the floor at all in the first quarter or for the first three minutes of the second quarter. Then Gafford comes in, goes bananas, plays well, and still only plays 15 minutes for the game. Gafford had 15 points with a steal and three blocks on 100% shooting, seven of seven from the field. That's really good. But what is this absolute nonsense bullshit of this rotation? None of it makes sense. Absolutely none of it. You cannot pin your hopes on anything to do with these centers. Gafford is going to be good. If he plays 25 minutes a night, he will smash the top 70. Smash it. But as the third center, and then when he plays well, you're playing 15 minutes? Alex Len. I thought played pretty well here. He was a plus 17, had 12 points in 17 minutes. What was that 15 minutes of Robin Lopez for? He had played 10 minutes straight, then played five minutes for the rest of the game. And I know they won. I, I know that. That doesn't make it any more um, logical. There's no logic to it. And it is frustrating for us, for sure. Or well, frustrating for me. I'm sure it's frustrating for you guys, too. I tell you it's not frustrating, though. Locker room. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room, the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app's free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. In Locker Room, you'll find fans just like you for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me, and it may even feature on an episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Go and download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter and join the NBA group for the latest league updates and follow me at JoshLloyd48 to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I might do it all the time. It's not going to be necessarily a regular thing, but you'll see when it comes up, you'll get that notification. I can't wait to get that chance to chat with you guys live live on Locker Room. So I'll see you there. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. Let's go on to the second game of the day. The Orlando Magic and the Detroit Pistons. And if you thought the um, rotations of the centers for the Wizards was weird, got something for you right here. The Orlando Magic beat the Pistons 119-112. Gary Harris started. I think he had the Magic's first eight points. He played 10 minutes total. Had 11 points on 66% shooting. And then Steve Clifford, who was back in action after being out with COVID, said, uh, "Guys, you're playing too well. Can you sit down for a bit? Cole Anthony played only 21 minutes. Benched him. They just said, no, the starters, you're, just, you're playing too well, my guys. Wendell Carter Jr. played 19 minutes. Had 11 and five. Now I'm a bit worried about where Carter's minutes are going. Um, but I thought he played well here, but the minutes are the concern. And then they played 30 minutes of Chasen Randall who had 18, five and 360% shooting. Huh. They played Mo Bumba, 29 minutes, who had 22 and 15 and still was somehow a minus eight as the Magic desperately tried to lose. They played 32 minutes of, and let's be fair, if you knew this, congratulations, did you know that Iggy Brezdakis was on the Magic? Because he played 32 minutes and had 14-3-1 and one with two steals. Now, Brezdakis was a guy who's I thought G League numbers when he was with the Knicks were pretty impressive, and I thought they should have given him a chance at some point last year. But yeah, I did not, under any circumstance, expect 32 Iggy Brezdakis minutes in this one. Just absolute foolishness. The shot, Dwayne Bacon, had nine points in 23 minutes. He was considered too good to play to get Chase and Randall in there. And I guess the big story is RJ Hampton. 35 minutes, 16, 7, and 10, one steal and two blocks. Awesome. That's so, so good from Hampton. And that's two really big games in a row. Do I trust the minutes? I guess, I guess that's the question. Do I trust that he's getting 30 a night? Because there was Terrence Ross, Trim Rikiki, Otto Porter, James Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams all out. Now, I don't think they're going to be rushing back Otto Porter or Michael Carter-Williams or James Ennis or even Terrence Ross. But I don't know that. And if they come back, what's Hampton's role? 20 minutes? 22 minutes? Will they continue to do this bullshit of play Gary Harris 10 minutes a night? Will they continue to play any minutes to Dwayne Bacon? That's one of your best tank moves out there. So I just, I don't know. Now, adding Mo Bumba is an absolute no brainer, right? You do that everywhere. And you should have done that last week. Shout out the bloke that criticised me for saying add, add Mo Bumba when Wendell Carter sprained his ankle. You add Mo Bumba and, and we just ride with it. But the Hampton one, There are just so many. And look, to be honest, all of these things can happen. Gary Harris can be limited. Ross, Porter, Carter, Williams, Ennis don't play again. In fact, I'd say there's probably a 50% or greater chance of all of of those things happening each individually. But for all of them to happen at once, it it is tough. I, I, I don't know if I see it. If you want to take that flyer on RJ, sure, I'd do it. Like I'd add him over Dwayne Bacon every day of the week. I'd add him over Gary Harris every day of the week. Would I add him over O'Shea Brissett? Probably not. But the Holiday Boys from Indiana? Yeah, sure. If I have Corey Joseph, would I add him over him? Yeah, absolutely. Would I drop Tyrese Halliburton to add RJ Hampton? Probably. But it it could go completely pear-shaped and blow up in your face. But he looks really good out there. And I think that's one of the key things. He just looks good. And the numbers are coming. And that's what we want to pay attention to. Also, shout out to Mo Wagner for somehow playing 41 minutes yet having the worst fantasy line in the game. 10 points on 33% shooting, four boards, three assists to steal and a block. Now he's getting a shit ton of minutes, again, in what is a not so subtle tank move. He's playing because Tumor is out. If you Wagner's been okay. like You can stream him for 12 team leagues with three more games this week, but yeah, how confident am I? I think it's only happening because Tumor is out. And maybe that's another game. Maybe it's another two games. I'm not really sure. Um, the Pistons. Killian Hayes played 28 minutes only, seven points on seven shots, but much like a TJ McConnell. Seven assists and two steals. He brings that with really good regularity. I don't think he plays tomorrow, but I don't know. The depressed penis had 26 and nine with five threes in only 30 minutes, Sadiq Bay, while Alf Stewart... Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Ten and eight with a steal and three blocks in 32 minutes. Now... If I was running this team, they'd do a lot of things different. But Isaiah Stewart wouldn't come off the bench for any more games this year. But there's a distinct distinct possibility that Mason Plumlee returns from the dead next game and starts. And it was literally like a week and a half ago when this dickhead Dwayne Casey went, Plumlee, we've got to play him 31 minutes. And the guy that's been killing, can you play 17 please, elf? That's a distinct risk. You don't drop Isaiah. You absolutely don't drop him but just be prepared for some bullshit. Frankie Jackson. This is what Frank Jackson does. 35 minutes, 19 points, excellent. Two rebounds, two assists, less than excellent. But his ability to score and do it efficiently is strong. Now again, no Joseph, no Smith, no Allington, no Magruder. Josh Jackson benched and played 22 minutes. Where does Frank fit? There's four more games for this Pistons team, and as a points guy, absolutely he has value. But working out this rotation, Hamadou Diallo started, had 16-7, who's a nice 14-16 to 16 team league guy, even though I don't have confidence he even plays the remaining four games this week. There's just a lot of ups and downs. And Josh Jackson was a strong ad for this week with five games, but if he's going to be actually shit Josh Jackson, which Josh Jackson has been for the vast majority of his career, then he's not. Six points on 20% shooting. He did have a steal, a block, four rebounds, and two assists. But, you know... It's really the bulk of games that's keeping him in it at this stage, keeping him being a 12-team league guy. Saban Lee, could he get 20 minutes a night for the rest of the week? It depends. If they shut Corey Joseph down, then sure. Seven assists in this one for Saban, that at least has some value. Well, Tyler Cook had 13 points in 16 minutes. He's not likely to be a, uh, a big impact guy. But again, the confusion reigns with these rotations. We just don't know what the hell Dwayne Casey, your mate, is thinking. The next game is the Warriors and the Pelicans. Golden State wins at 123-108. Draymond had 10, 13, and 15 with three steals and two blocks. Remember how bad he was to begin the season? He is rolling now. The 11th-ranked player, Draymond Green, is over the last two weeks. Don't think you would have picked that. 41st for the season, absolutely dominating, as is Steph, the number two fantasy player for the year. 41-4-8 with eight triples on uh, Marvel Hero night. And Andy Wiggins stepped up as a Marvel Hero too. 26 points with two blocks and a steal for Wigo. He was questionable coming into this game, and Bazemore did what he needs to do. He's an elite streamer to begin this week. Hopefully you added him already. Nine and eight, two assists, three steals, and two blocks. Really good stuff. And he plays again tomorrow. Juan Toscano Anderson, not a bad add either. 14 and five, four assists, 33 minutes. He's playing supremely well. Juan is. And he does have some 12-team league appeal. Jordy Poole shit the bed with 11 points, while Mike Mulder had six points in 22 minutes. I'd still prefer Poole over Mulder, but they look like they could be cannibalizing each other's production. For the Pelicans, just really shitful, and I think they're going to be out uh, out of the playing game discussion soon. I don't know if we're seeing Josh Hart or Nikhil Alexander-Walker again this season. Ingram was fine, 19-2-4. Zion was okay, 32-8 30, with two blocks on 50% shooting. And then Najee Marshall also stepped up with a bit of a blast from two weeks ago, 12-6 and six in 27, but we're not looking at him as a 12-team league guy. But let's talk about the disappointments. Lonzo Ball, he'd been dominating, and then he has seven points on 18 shots. That's 17% shooting. He still had seven boards, eight assists and two steals, but that shooting is unbelievably disgusting. Bill Hernan Gomez had his 10 and 7 in 25 minutes, while Eric Bledsoe played 33 minutes. Working out his minutes is always an uh, effort an effort in guesswork. 33 minutes, 11, five and four with a triple one, and with seven games on Tuesday, he can be a streamer. But it's just all over the place. Giving Kyra Lewis seven minutes while Bledsoe stumbles and bumbles his way around for 33 minutes has been a, a real disappointment. And again, you can't say it's because you're trying to win games because Eric Bledsoe is not making you win games. Maybe Kyra Lewis makes you lose worse, but does losing worse actually mean anything? No. Bledsoe's not a part of this future and he's been shit house. And it frustrates me how he has been used during this season. This game was that much of a blowout that a bloke by the name of James Nunnally Played two minutes. Yes, James Nunnally. And, and it's only a 15-point margin. But yeah, James Nunnally got into this game. Yeah, remember that bloke? Um, no, of course you don't. Guys, if you're looking for a part for your car, Rock Auto is the place to go. Because why would you go into a local chain store, haggle with a bloke behind the counter, who's going to tell you you got to wait weeks because there's, there's too many parts and pieces for cars that he can't keep it all in stock. And then he's going to be given on-the-slide discounts, you know, little, little back-alley deals with professional mechanics. And... I assume the majority of you are professional mechanics. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, those prices at RockAuto.com, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals that do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of that action at BetOnline. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. Let's go on to the next game now. It is the Portland Trailblazers losing to the Atlanta Hawks in another game that is nowhere near as close as that final result. The Hawks win 123-114. Lillard was good and he is back. 33-2-8 with six triples while McCullum had 20 points with seven assists. Nothing wrong with those lines and nothing wrong with Bob Covington either who only had the nine points but had three threes, four assists, three steals and a block. So good numbers from those players. Unfortunately, it was a bad night from Yusuf Nurkic. Really bad. Four points in 23 minutes with nine rebounds and a block and Ennis Cantor wasn't much better. Four and five in his 13 minutes. Carmelo Anthony scored well. Literally had nothing else. 14 points with three threes. Zero steals, zero blocks, zero rebounds, and zero assists. That's really tough to do. Mallow is just a stream option for points and threes. I mean, that's more for 14 team leaguers. While Normie Powell um, had a knee problem before the game, but played through it. Had 15, four, and two. And he's been, I don't know. Is, is, how's he been, would you say, in Portland? A little bit disappointing? I think that's probably the fairest way of uh, classifying it. Not, not great, but not, not uh, fantastic either. For the Hawks. Chris Dunn out of the rotation. Let's mention that now. I don't think DeAndre Hunter's returning this regular season either. Big game from the Italian cock. Hands off my cock. Of course, he was on the underperforming show earlier today. Twenty-eight and eight with seven triples. I look at him as a streamer rather than a must roster. While Bogdan Bogdanovich had twenty-five with seven threes and two steals, another strong game. And Trey Young, while he shot poorly, still delivered twenty-one six and eleven. Um, yeah. John Collins played nineteen minutes. Now he had some foul trouble, but in fifteen and eight usage was all right but that's that's real low. I yeah look he, obviously he was a guy that was massively on my avoid list this season for drafts and it's been worse than I anticipated somehow. Tone Snell started over Fanderpants, Pants, played 25 minutes while Herder played 4 uh 20 minutes and had 4 points. If that's going to be how it goes then Herder's a clear drop. And you just might make, need to make that call. They might switch it over and start Herder and play him 30 minutes next game. But they also may not. And if you need to make a move, you got to make it now. Snell had six points with two triples. And Lou Williams is, is obviously a drop as well. Four points in his 15 minutes of playing time. Solly Hill had seven in the 18 minutes that he was out on the court. All right, let's go next game. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Chicago Bulls. The Sixers were up big in this one. And then the, uh, the Bulls did come back. But in the end, um, pretty comfortable victory. 106-94 for Philadelphia. The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Again, on the underperforming players, listen, he comes out and drops 21-9 on 77% shooting. Danny Green was great. 29 minutes, 14 points, four threes, 4 steals, a massive plus 26. The status plus minus for the Sixers was crazy. Plus 27 for uh, Seth Curry plus 29 for Simmons, plus 29 for Embiid, and the bench really let the Bulls back into it. That's two big games in a row for Seth Curry. He had 35 minutes, 20 points, three threes. He's getting these minutes at the expense of Shake Milton and George Hill, and it helps that Furkan Korkmaz was out. If he's going to play this many minutes, he is a 12-team league guy. I don't know that I fully trust it, but you can have a crack at it. Simmons had 15, 6, and 5, and Embiid had 13, and 10. A pretty disappointing night for Embiid, to be honest, um, in terms of efficiency. 42 true shooting, 31 from the field, and uh, the three blocks are nice. Well, Matisse Theibel, the painter, he dropped in three blocks and a steal, doing exactly what you want him to do. George Hill, only the 13 minutes, and Shake Milton, just 15 minutes. For Chicago, there was no Nikola Vucevic. It's bolster. It's bolse- 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 it bolsters if. Bull's a bitch. So Daniel Tice started. He played 40 minutes. He had 11 and eight with three steals. And that's a great line. And you might say, well, Vooch might miss. Tice is starting anyway. He can be a 12-team league guy. And maybe. But the Bulls don't play again till Thursday. Do you really want to hold a roster spot for Daniel Tice in a game that Vooch might even return in? The answer to that in your head should be a resounding no. But just in case the answer in your head didn't equal no, the answer is no. You don't want to do that. Zach Levine could also return in the next game. Uh, so Kobe White's usage is probably going to drop. He had 35% usage here, Whitey. 23 points in 29 minutes with five assists. I still hold White because they might continue to start him or they might put sataransky back. Now, Tomas played 23 minutes and had 10, 4, and 6. He remains a nice assist streamer, but we don't obviously need to hold him in, until they play on Thursday. Pat Williams, yeah. Five points, seven rebounds, two steals. He's a nice steals guy. Well, Thad Young, the mystery that is Thad Young continues. He had played 28 minutes, and given some of his high-usage performances, you'd be pretty excited. But unfortunately, he was a minus 16. He sucked along with Patrick Williams and Garrett Temple in terms of the starters and their plus-minus, and he had just 13, four, and three. When he plays 20 minutes, he drops, what, yeah, 18 and six, and then he plays 28 minutes, and he does this. So it's really hard to get a handle on what he's actually doing. I wouldn't say, again, with two two days with no games for Chicago, I think he's a drop. Garrett Temple played 28 minutes and had seven points. He's obviously a drop ball. Larry Markkinen, holy shit, five points in 17 minutes. He's the 189th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's not even a top 140 player for the season. He's really not very good at all, is he? He's struggling a lot, and I don't know what the hell his future holds. You know, I've had lots of lots of skepticism about Larry. And now that he doesn't get minutes, um, it's actually you're marrying up with what I think he is in the NBA. And it is, uh, it's is—it's really unfortunate the Bulls use that pick on him. And the fact that yeah, for for this guy, these opportunities have been taken away. And I don't think he's been used the best in times in his career, but also I don't think he's uh, versatile enough to do more. Obviously, I should go without saying, Larry Markkinen. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next game the Knicks and the Grizzlies. The Knicks win this one, 118-104. The Double Royal, Julius Randle. Another inefficient game from the field, 39% shooting, but hit all five of his free throws and had 28-6-6 six and six with five triples. So a great fantasy game. He's the sixth-ranked player over the last two weeks, amazingly. While Taj Gibson started in place of Newlands Noel, and as long as Noel is out, Gibson's an option. Six points, 12 boards, five blocks, while Derek Rose had 25 points in 27 minutes. And Emmanuel quickly, can't rely on him at all. Eight points in 16 minutes with two threes. He is the 244th ranked player in fantasy this year, despite the amount of Dutch rudders that he's got. And again, I think he's been unbelievably good. And I think he's going to be first team all rookie. I haven't done my teams yet, but he's not as good as people would make him out to be. And for fantasy, especially, RJ Barrett—he's been—he's been playing well. Barrett, this was not one of those games. Fifteen, seven, and three on some really subpar percentages, and that is always going to be the thing that you hold your breath with when he goes out into the court. Forty-two from the field and sixty-seven from the line—that has some real negative effects in fantasy. While Reggie Bullock had thirteen with two triples, and he remains an interesting streamer for those threes for the Grizzlies. Ugh. Mate, I don't know. Jar Morant was ejected in this one. Taylor Jenkins got teed up. They just lost their. It got ejected as well, sorry. Dylan Brooks got teased at the end. Just unbelievably weird shit from this team. Justice Winslow, who inexplicably had been the backup point guard. And let's just get this out of the way now. Justice Winslow is not very good. And I know his career has been ruined by injuries and you feel for the bloke, but that doesn't change the fact that he's not good at this point. He finally was out of the rotation Tyus Jones came in and played nine minutes, and De'Anthony Melton played nine minutes. Like, what? I don't get what they're doing with this rotation. But luckily, we got 26 minutes of Grayson Allen, who had two points on 0% shooting. So that was cool. Um, and Jar- let's talk Jar Moran again, because remember, he turned it around. He was putting up these big games. After I caught, he doesn't give a shit what I say. He didn't even see what I said when I said, you know, maybe Darius Garland's better than him. That's what I said. And then he went, all right, I'm going to put up big games. And now he's not. Eight points in 38 minutes, no threes, no steals, 15% shooting, five rebounds and six assists. That's brutal if you're in the fantasy finals. Absolutely brutal. You don't drop him, but this has been the problem with is that so much inconsistency. And I think I think one of the things that that puts him into my head, and this is not his fault at all, like it's nothing to do with him as a player, is that you'll see these tweets and these highlights, ESPN and the NBA and any other you know, social media. Jar Moran did this. Wow, we can't believe it. Wow, Jar on fire. Look at this move, Jar Moran dropping people. Ja. and and you look, and he had six points on you know 20% shooting with four rebounds, and you go, what? We're just hyping this bloke up too much. That sometimes that hype narrative leads over to. It's a fantasy as well, where people view him as significantly better than what he actually is. Like the amount of hype tweets about Ja Moran and big dunks are a crazy block. Oh, Ja, yeah, what a block. Yeah, 10 points, two rebounds, three assists with one three and one block. Yeah, is that actually good? Like, it's not, but the individual plays are. He's got a lot to work on with consistency, quite obviously, and he is no, let's I'll get this out of the way now. He is not bad. He is very good, and I love Ja Moran as a player. And he, but he has got a lot of consistency problems that he needs to work on and significant holes in his fantasy game. Jaron Jackson played just 20 minutes. He was better than what he's been, but 15 points with no assists, no steals, no blocks in 20 minutes. I, I know he's good. I know he can become better, but you're in the fantasy finals, my guy. Can you wait on that? Probably not. Probably not. Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valsutinowasas, 11 and 15 with three blocks. But how about Desi Bain? 22 points in 26 minutes, four triples, eight rebounds, two assists in three steals, 69% shooting. Giggity. Also a horrendous minus 26. We cannot rely upon this from Bain at all. But he got those minutes that De'Anthony Melton didn't get. But it's good to see him produce a good performance. But again, there's nothing to really gain from that. Well, it was nice to see Kyle Anderson's minutes push back up. 32 minutes, 13, 6, and 7. He was trending towards a drop. But if he plays that much, then he isn't. I haven't mentioned it, but Brandon Clark's been out of the rotation the last two games. I like Clark as a player. I think he has taken massive steps backwards this season. I was pretty high on him last year. and I think he's taken some huge steps backwards. And I said something, sort of a throwaway line a couple of months ago. I said, maybe Xavier Tillman actually ends up a better player than him. And at the moment, that's the way the Grizzlies are viewing things. Not that Tillman played particularly well here, scoreless in nine minutes, but two games out of the rotation from Clark is absolutely troubling. I would still, if I've got him in dynasty, I'd still be trying to buy his stock at a really, really low level. But he has had a a very, very poor season. I think would be and injury has a part played a part of it, but he has been really, really poor and taken significant steps backwards from where he was last season. All right, let's go on to the next game, the Utah Jazz comfortably handle the San Antonio Spurs, 1-10-99. DeMar Rosen returned, had 22 points with six assists and three steals. So that's a bit of a surprise. While DeJounte Murray had 15, 6, and 5. Strong games from them. Rudy Gay, also really good off the bench. 17 and 7, three threes, two steals, and two blocks. Now, before this game, Gay was the 211th ranked player over the last uh, two weeks. So to say this is a little bit of a surprise is an understatement. He also had a 31% usage, Gay. Um, he's interesting as a streamer, but I'm not looking at him as anything more than that. The frustrating thing here is Greg Popovich used three centers. I talked yesterday about how maybe Jeng could replace Eubanks. In fact, they both played. Jeng played 16 minutes, Eubanks played 12, and Pertle played 20 minutes. Now, Jakub Pertle did have some foul issues, but it's still incredibly frustrating to see Pertle play 20 minutes with only three fouls. Six, three, and four for him. Jeng had nine, four, and three three with two steals, and Eubanks had six, two, and two. Let's hope that's not a permanent thing, but uh, I guess there is a possibility of it. Lonnie Walker. Two points in 23 minutes. Now, you know, if you've listened to this podcast in the last week or the last year or the last two years, that I don't really think much of Lonnie Walker as a player, or definitely is not his fantasy guy. And he had these two little explosions the last couple of games and went, okay, that's fine, but do not trust it. It's not going to continue. Two points, one rebound, zero assists and a steal on 20% shooting. He is not a 12-team league player. Calden Johnson probably is a drop as well. 6-4 in 26 minutes there. Not the greatest night from Calden. Well, Devin Vassell was all right. 11-6. I'm keeping an eye on him. He had a steal. He had a three. He's more of a 16-team league guy, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him move into, say, 14- or 12-team league territory. For the Jazz, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Um... Gobert was obviously really, really impressive in this game, uh, putting up some big numbers. Gobert had 24 and 15 with two steals and three blocks. He is now up to uh, inside the top 30 over the course of the season. So that's, uh, you know, he started off pretty slowly this year. It's impressive to see him get back to that level that we've known uh, from him for, for many, many years. Jinglin Joe was on the underperforming players. He had 13-2-9 with two steals. So good to see him get the memo. And Royce O'Neill did his thing. 7-7 seven seven with two steals and a block. Continues to produce a yeah, nice 12-team league value. George Niang's probably not a 12-teamer, even though he's starting in place of Conley. 11 points with three threes. And Jordan Clarkson continues to be, look, honestly, horrendous in terms of the shooting numbers. They are really bad. Another shit night. 16 points on a true shooting of 40. That's 35 from the field. Didn't take a free throw. The counting stats are fine. 16-6-5, six two threes and two steals, but his efficiency has been an absolute disaster for months, many, many months. Trent Forrest had nine points in 21 minutes. That's just a deeper league play. He's getting these minutes with Conley and Mitchellette, and he hasn't been bad. I think that's as much of a win as you could expect out of a bloke like Trent Forrest, who was, I believe, an undrafted free agent coming into this season. All right, on to the last game of the night. The Nuggets go down to the Lakers, 89-93. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic, was really good. Big jungles, big jungles, big jungles, big, big. 44 usage, 32, 9, and 5, two steals and a block. A bit inefficient from the field, but otherwise pretty good. Well, Faku was also great. 37 minutes for Kampazzo, 8, 4, and 8 with five steals. He is a must roster player. And, and Mickey Porter, he started off slow, but ended up with 19, and 6 in 40 minutes. You know, finally, a game where he doesn't shoot the three well, 29% from three, but he, I think recovered pretty well. Aaron Gordon, the four blocks are excellent. Everything else is bad. Five points, six rebounds, no threes, no steals, one assist, 29% shooting, 50 from the line. I know I've been saying it for weeks. Get that garbage out of here! PJ Dozier had three points in 22 minutes. Like He is a clear drop, and then he hurt his hip. They said he was questionable to return, and he never did. So, Austin Rivers played 33 minutes. Now, Rivers is not a player that becomes a 12-team league ad if Doja has to miss time. The, I think the guy that we might look at is, is Big Shaq Harrison. It's big Shaq. Only because he can come out, if he played 25 minutes, he'd get three steals. But that's it. Just as a steal specialist, he only played 13 minutes here, Shaq. And then you watch in very deep leagues with someone like a Marcus Howard, maybe, who gets into the mix, if Doja has to mix. You know, Rivers can be a 16-team league guy, but not really a 12 or 14-teamer. Um, interestingly, Paul Millsap not in the rotation tonight. It was Jermichael Green and JaVale McGee that played the minutes, 6-7 and seven for Green and 10-3 and for McGee in those 12 minutes. But let's talk Lakers. Andre Drummond played 22 minutes. He had some foul trouble. He also had the problem of being Andre Drummond, which is a not very good player. Four points, zero rebounds, somehow. That's the first time he hasn't had a rebound since his rookie year. Uh, two steals and was, look, just honestly shitful. Now, I know that I've copped a lot of grief for saying this at times on Barcelona on this show, but the best center on this team is clearly Marcus Gasol. And the fact that they persist with playing Andre Drummond and Montrezl Harrell as their centers, it's going to cost them. These guys should not play minutes in the playoffs at all. Harrell, especially, who played under ten minutes for five and five, he blocked two shots, and then Gasol comes off, comes off the bench and rescues him. Ten and seven, three threes and a steal, or three threes and a block in seventeen minutes on a, and a plus seventeen. I have watched Andre Drummond for years. I have eyes. I know that he's a bad player who puts up stats. And you can go on about... yeah, And people throw this criticism at me all the time, especially when tweets of mine get picked up by people who don't follow the latest on the show. Yeah, you nerd fantasy. Why don't you watch the games? You mean watch the games and then get back to me? I I watch the games. Andre Drummond isn't good. And the thing is that the people who often say that are the ones going by box score stats. Of man, 2020. Wait till he's on a good team. LeBron's going to get him in gear. No, he's he's just not very good. And there could not be a clearer indication of it than this. Have a look at his numbers while he's on the Lakers, by the way. They're shit ass Andre Drummond. Now, I don't think there's any guarantee that Gasol plays these minutes every night. I don't know what they do. We're still holding Drummond. Montrez Harrell has been a drop for a while, so clearly drop him. But they've got a real problem here at center. Marc Gasol... And I don't buy much into the you know, disrespect and that sort of stuff, but he's been clearly disrespected by this team and this franchise. And players on his own squad, openly campaigning to bring Drummond in to replace him, which has got to feel pretty shit. And he goes out there and again, just plays well when he's out there. He's not sexy. He doesn't move well. He doesn't put up big box score stats, but he's good. And I'm not just saying that because he's the player that most people commonly compare uh, the way our faces look to each other. I'm sure not many people go up to Mark and, and go, hey, do you know you look like Josh Floyd? But people say that to me. Hey, you look like Marcus Gasol. Sure, I know. That's not why I'm defending him. It's just that it's pretty obvious that he is their best center outside of Anthony Davis, who had 25-7 and seven here with three blocks and a really key block down the stretch here. Dennis Schroeder looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the regular season, 10 to 14 days with the COVID protocols. He's a clear, clear drop. Alex Caruso starts, has 11-5-3 and three with a steal and a block, which is all right. I think he's more for 14 team leaguers. Well, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker was weird. He was wild in this game. He was out of control. He ended up with 10 1 and 3. Hit a clutch shot down the end. Again, probably not a 12 team league option. While Kuzma started in place of LeBron and had six points with two triples. Again, probably not someone we look at as a must roster 12 teamer. LeBron should be back next game, but I don't know that he will be. He should be, though. Um, and another thing that's frustrating with me with Vogel, and who's done a great job over the last two years, but playing Ben McLemore, who is actually shit house, over Wes Matthews, who's not that much better, it remains a mystery. Three points for McLemore in 17 minutes, while Matthews finally got a call up and played 17 minutes for eight points with two triples and played pretty well. I, I, there's some of these rotation decisions, bringing guys in off the street like McLemore and Drummond and giving them key roles over guys who've been playing well is uh, is something that can be called out. And yeah, you know, I think people often have a, a binary view. You know, I'm going on long about this, a binary view on things. And, and someone criticised me about it when I talked about the Wizards on Twitter today about Daniel Gafford, and they went, "Oh well, Josh, I guess the reason they because the reason they lost must have been because Gafford played so few minutes." You know, obviously sarcastically saying, "Josh, they won. How can you criticise the result?" But that's not how things work. If you win, that doesn't mean every decision you made was right, and if you lose, every decision you make was wrong. That's not how any of this shit works. So you can win, and the Wizards did win. And you can have games here where you win, and Vogel has done a great job and won a championship in his first year. But that doesn't mean that these decisions aren't terrible because you can still win and, and get the end result with bad. and no Because nobody is going to be 100% on every decision they make. It's literally impossible to do. So you can criticize the decisions that are poor even while praising the overall result. And I know that's just it feels like I'm just going on a, uh, a philosoph- philosophical rant or something there, but I think it, it does bear mentioning. It's not... While wins and losses are a binary stat, the decisions that get you there are not. It's not like, well, you won, therefore every decision was correct, and you lost, then kids cover your ears. What the fuck are you doing? You don't know what you're fucking doing. You're useless. Get out of here. Uh, Every decision is wrong. You're fucking terrible. Like, that's not how any of that shit works. And now, let's move on to talk about the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours more up 21%. I think that's a strong move. Kent, uh, Kent Jackson. Frank Jackson up 20%. Hey, repaid that faith today. I think he's a solid ad to see where it goes. Lonnie Walker up 18%. You're always going to be disappointed and you are... And you were. While Bill Hernan Gomez up 13%. I think he's worth holding for this back-to-back. But as soon as Adams comes back, he's a drop. While the depressed penis, still available somehow, Sadiq Bey. He should be added in every league. In terms of drops, Flynn down 9%. Yes. Halliburton down 8%. It seems rough to drop him, but I, I just don't see how he comes back this week. Isaiah Roby down 6%. I wouldn't be so quick to drop him. Ubre down 6%. i am not sure he returns this week either. And Pokyashevsky down 6%. Absolutely. Just open that spot up for streaming, given he's dealing with that knee problem again. Top players rostered under 50% of leagues. Desi Bain, big game. Don't trust it. RJ Hampton, not sure. So many factors went into him playing these big minutes that I don't know if it's replicable, but hey, take a flyer. No problem with it. I'd rather add him than Bain or Gay, for example. Uh, Rudy Gay was at number three here. Taj Gibson at four. Strong add until Noel is out. Chandler Hutcherson. Yeah, but nah. Uh, Toscano Anderson. I like his short-term value, especially for Tuesday. Aaron Holiday. Just keep an eye on him with Brogdon out. Najee Marshall. Probably just a one-game fluker. There, while Hal Neto is solid enough to be a streamer, especially for 14-teamers. And then Frankie Jackson. Again, it just shows, yeah, Frank Jackson scored well, but all these guys had better 8-cat league performances than Frank Jackson today. And it shows how empty his lines can be, but probably a better option than Lonnie Walker, to be fair. And I know I'm shitting on Lonnie Walker, but I just I just need that the continually out there that he's just not as good as what... Uh, and I love the bloke. I think he's a really good bloke. I just think that his uh, fantasy abilities aren't quite there. Let's talk DFS now across for Tuesday. All right, seven games on for Tuesday. The first one, the Suns and the Cavs. Jay Crowder remains out for Phoenix. Cameron Payne is questionable, so that could give a boost to Javon Carter if Payne is out. Uh, Tory Craig will likely start again. He's been a bit up and down, but he's, he's going to be at least a solid option to have a look at because he's going to get that opportunity to start. Um, for the Cavs, Larry Nance is out. He is out for the season. Uh, Matty Delvadova is out. He is out for the season. And Darius Garland is out. He is not out for the season, but he is out for this game. Um, so Chetty Osman gets a bit of a boost there. Dean Wade comes into play. Kevin Love, who knows what you're going to get out of him. The Hornets and the Pistons. No Haywood, no Cody Martin. So Jalen McDaniels likely goes back into starting. Uh, Devontae Graham also out. So Rozier and Ball get free run at the point guard and guard minutes. For the Pistons, I have no idea. It is a back-to-back, so I don't expect Killian Hayes to play. Do Mason Plumley, Corey Joseph, Wayne Ellington, and Jeremy Grant return? I don't know. They've rested three games in a row. And two of those were nothing to do with back-to-backs. So it's not as simple as saying, well, they just sat Monday and it was a back-to-back, so they're back in this game. They might be back. They might not be. But if they're all out, then you're going to real boosts for Sadiq Bey, for uh, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galas. Um, Saban Lee, Frank Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, Josh Jackson, maybe. Siku Dumbaya, if you're feeling really frisky. Tyler Cook. Who knows? There are so many unknowns with the Pistons. The Nets and the Bucks. the Bucks are favored by two. The total's 241.5. We know that Harden's out. Nick Claxton's off the injury report, so maybe he gets back into the the mix, and into the rotation, while Bob Portis is probable, and Jeff Teague is out. Um, Dallas and Miami, Christas Porzingis is doubtful. <laughs> Muxi Kleber is questionable. While for Miami, no Oladipo and no Hero. The Kings and the Thunder. Alexey Pokhyshevsky is questionable. While for Sacramento, Tyrus Halliburton's out. We don't have results of his MRI. I don't expect him to play again this regular season. Darren Fox is out. Harrison Barnes. Oh, sorry. Let's try again. The Pencil. Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He's doubtful. Chemezi Metu is questionable, so a big Marvin Bagley opportunity. The Kings are five-point favorites here. The total's 230 and a half. Warriors and Pelicans, they're matching up again after taking on each other on Monday. Steve Adams didn't play Monday. We don't know whether he's going to be ready to go. Ubre won't play, is my guess. Damian Lee won't play as well for Golden State. While Toronto and the Clippers, interestingly, the Jedi, Oji Ananobi, But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh... You better stop OG. He's doubtful. I thought it was just a rest for a back-to-back, but no, he is doubtful. Gary Trent is also doubtful. No! While the Clippers are once again without Patrick Beverly and Serge Barker. The Clippers are nine point favourites here. The total's 221.5. Fred Van Vliet is returning after resting on Sunday as well. In terms of value across this slate, Marvin Bagley and Dylan Wright, big opportunities for them in Sacramento. Jalen McDaniels and LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier in Charlotte. Lou Dort, I think, looks all right. Tory Craig could be okay. Terrence Davis could be okay in Sacramento. Um, Rashawn Holmes. Steph Curry, Fred Van Vliet down at 7,100 is interesting. Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Yanni up against the Nets. Um, Bud Heald I like a lot at 7,000. Osman at 5,500 looks good too, as does Bazemore at 5,800. Guys, that'll do it for today's podcast. Don't forget, follow along on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. While on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button. You can hit the thumbs up. You can ring my ding a notification bell and drop your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.